This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. As always, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. I know how many things you've got going on in your life, and I love it when we get to hang out a little bit, especially when we get to geek out about science, which we are doing today. That is my favorite thing. Today, we're talking about blood lipids. We are talking about cholesterol, VLDL, LDL, HDL, as well as triglycerides. We're going to be talking about dyslipidemia, which is what it is called when your blood lipids are out of whack. So high cholesterol, low good cholesterol, high triglycerides, etc. The reason we're talking about this I have absolutely done some episodes on this in the past, but I know there are a bajillion episodes now. It's important to talk about it again because as we see more and more people talking about things like ketogenic diets or higher fat, lower carb diets, inevitably people start asking, wait a second, if I eat more fat, is it my cholesterol going to go up or aren't my triglycerides going to go up or my doctor is telling me to eat low fat because I need to reduce my cholesterol? What's the story? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Like I really want to do every single time we talk about the sciencey stuff or we get into the weeds a little bit with metabolism or biochemistry or anything like that, I really want to begin with the big picture. When we are talking about anything, dietary fat, protein, whether we're talking about avocados or bacon or chicken or fish, overeating anything is going to be a problem. 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 Um, Eating anything more than your body needs for fuel is going to lead to weight gain and other problems. So, No, you can't go crazy with fat, right? There is nobody, well, there are people out there that are saying, yeah, as long as it's butter or bacon, eat as much as you want. There's nothing that you can eat as much as you want without consequence. There's always a consequence. So I'm not saying go crazy with fat. I'm also saying don't go crazy with carbs or protein or anything. The big picture here is When you are paying attention to your body, when you are paying attention to things like hunger and energy and what is happening to your body, is it getting bigger? Is it getting smaller? Is it staying the same? You're going to have a pulse on what is working for you and what is not. You can eat healthy fats and improve your health. You can overeat healthy fats and harm your health. You can eat unhealthy fats and impair your health. There is consequences to everything. So we've got to pay attention. And at the end of the day, it's about what is an improvement for you, what makes you feel amazing, and what your body responds to. It's about moving from processed foods, even processed fats and processed proteins and processed anything, moving from processed foods to whole foods, Really emphasizing lots of non-starchy vegetables for the fiber, for the vitamins, for the minerals, for the way that they help us with detox. Moving to lots of non-starchy vegetables, 
getting our protein and our fat from whole food sources, quality sources, not processed foods, not low quality sources, in a way that is an improvement for you. That is the big picture that I am going to keep repeating Every single time I have an opportunity, especially when we start talking tactic, nutrition tactic, and when we start talking about the deeper science of metabolism and biochemistry and those kinds of things. That is the big picture. What is an improvement for you? How can you move from lower quality to higher quality? And how can you be mindful of am I overfueling my body? Even when it is high quality, there is no food that is the right food to eat when your body doesn't need fuel. I know I say that all the time and I will keep on saying it. Let's talk about blood lipids. That's cholesterol and the different forms of things that carry cholesterol. We'll talk about that as well as triglycerides. I am going to link in the show notes over on primalpotential.com two episodes where I've talked about this in the past because we've taken different approaches. We've gone deeper into cholesterol and what cholesterol is and why it works. We're not going to be doing a deep dive into what is cholesterol, why do you need it, what is it doing in the body, etc. We're going to be talking about dyslipidemia and that aspect of things today. But I will link to episodes where I've covered other components of this in the show notes for today's episode over on primalpotential.com. Let's first get on the same page with a term we need to understand, and that term is lipoprotein. Lipoprotein. If we break down the word, which you guys know I love to do because I was a Latin and Greek major, so I love linguistics and what words mean, lipoprotein. Lipo refers to fat, and protein, hopefully you've got that one. It's a real tricky one. Lipoproteins are proteins that carry fat through the blood, okay? Proteins that carry fat through the blood. And there are different kinds of lipoproteins. We classify them based on their size, based on their density, based on what they do, their function. Most commonly, You guys have heard of the lipoproteins HDL and LDL. The different name refers to how we classify them differently. One of the things that we talk a lot about when we're talking about these lipoproteins is their density. Like, are they big? Are they little? And then size aside, because we'll talk more about size, but are they dense or are they fluffy? Think about a marble versus cotton, a marble being very dense cotton balls being very fluffy. That's going to be important when we talk about how they function and if they are helping us or potentially hurting us. But at the the big picture level, it is that not all lipoproteins are the same. They carry fat through the blood. They are proteins that carry fat through the blood. And we're going to talk mostly today about HDL and LDL, although in past episodes I've taken some different angles here. When we talk about HDL and LDL, HDL stands for high-density lipoprotein, and LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein. We're going to come back to that cotton ball versus marble example. And there are other ones, too, like VLDL, which is very low-density lipoprotein. But let's start with what do these lipoproteins have to do with cholesterol? Are they cholesterol? Are they different types of cholesterol? They carry cholesterol. So these are proteins of different sizes and different densities that carry fat through the blood. They carry 
cholesterol, okay? HDL and LDL carry cholesterol through the blood. In college, I remember thinking of it as L is for lousy, so LDL is bad, and H is for healthy, and HDL is good. It is much more nuanced than that, but we're going to break it down so that we have a better understanding of what these things mean. The reason this matters, guys, the reason we're doing this is because people will panic and say, my cholesterol went up, but they don't really know what they're talking about. Did your total cholesterol go up? Did the ratio change of LDL to HDL? This really, really matters. And as we explain what these do and how certain types of dietary um, changes impact your lipoproteins, this will make a lot more sense. So LDL is how I remember it, lousy for bad, HDL healthy for good. Remember, uh, low density is like that cotton ball. High density, think of like a marble. Typically, when somebody goes to a doctor and there is a concern that cholesterol is high, we are looking primarily at LDL and HDL. When cholesterol is a concern, what is typically concerning is that there is high levels of LDL, lousy, and low levels of HDL, healthy. High on the lousy, low on the healthy. Now let's go back to that remark I made a few minutes ago about density. High density, think of like a marble. Low density and very low density, think of like a fluffy cotton ball. When something is high density, it's small and compact. Think about dropping a marble through a pipe. It's going to move right along like whoosh, not much resistance because of its size and its density. It's not likely to get clogged up, not nearly as likely compared to, say, a cotton ball. It is less dense. So think of it as like puffier and it's likely to kind of need a little bit more to get through and more likely to get stuck. That's what we're thinking about when we are describing these lipoproteins as high density, like a marble, whoosh, right through, or low density, very low density, like a cotton ball, more likely to get stuck. It's not so much the size that is the issue here, and we will talk about the size because size does matter, especially with LDL and the differences. Not all LDL is created equal. We'll talk about size. What matters here is the density. Small and compact, like a marble, can barrel through and be less likely to cause any type of clogged artery situation. But less dense is not going to be able to move through in that same way and is more likely to cause the clogged arteries that we think about when we think about cholesterol. Now, HDL, it's not just considered the healthy version because of its density. It's also considered that way because of its role. So when we think about carrying cholesterol, we have to think about it going in two different directions. There is cholesterol being deployed to areas where it's needed, and then there's cholesterol being picked up, cleaned up, carried away and it's carried away to the liver where it is recycled. Cholesterol is so important that it's one of the few things your body can and will recycle to reuse. So think about it this way. Cholesterol is deployed throughout the body as a repair 
mechanism. I've done an episode in the past and I'll link to it over on the show notes on primalpotential.com or you can just go to Primal Potential and search cholesterol. It'll come right up, but I'll link to it too for those of you that just want the direct link. What I've explained before is that cholesterol is like the duct tape of the human body. Its role is to repair things. So when we think about these lipoproteins carrying cholesterol, in the case of LDL, It's taking cholesterol and delivering it somewhere else in the body. It is depositing cholesterol, but not for no good reason, not for the sake of causing arterial disease. It is deploying cholesterol, delivering and depositing cholesterol so cholesterol can do a repair job. That is why it tends to get a bad rap in part. The density is one part of it, but the other is it's the deposit of cholesterol. It is placing it there in the arteries where it has some healing and repair to do. And I've talked about this, not to go off on a on a sidebar here, sometimes the best approach to lowering cholesterol is figuring out why it's being deployed to repair damage, what's causing the damage, instead of trying to remove the cholesterol and eat less cholesterol, really get to the root of the problem, which is why is there damage? Where is the damage? What is causing the damage that I can stop causing the damage and therefore reduce the need for my body to manufacture cholesterol instead of, oh, I'll just eat more because often, or eat less. Often when we eat less cholesterol, our body increases cholesterol production, especially if we haven't dealt with whatever is causing the issue, inflammation, stress, allergies, etc. So I got off on a little sidebar there. But LDL is taking cholesterol and depositing it where it is needed in the body. HDL is cleanup. HDL is taking deposited cholesterol and returning it to the liver to be recycled. So when we think about HDL, we want that number to be high. Otherwise, when we have low HDL, which most people do, one of the best ways to increase HDL is exercise. When we increase HDL, we increase the amount of these lipoproteins that are circulating to pick up the deposited cholesterol and remove it. So this carte blanche effort to just lower cholesterol is really short-sighted because we need the HDL. Our body manufactures cholesterol whether we eat it or not. So if we just focus on eating less, what we're likely to do is decrease HDL cholesterol, and then the the cholesterol our body is manufacturing that's being deployed throughout the body can't be picked up. That's why it's not as simple as saying, I just need to lower my cholesterol. No, chances are what you need to do is lower your LDL, increase your HDL, and that is not going to be about eating less cholesterol. It's going to be about eating better, reducing inflammation, exercising more, et cetera, et cetera. When we're talking about heart disease and the risk of heart disease and the association between cholesterol levels and heart disease, it is not just about total cholesterol. In fact, it's not really about total cholesterol at all. What is predictive of arterial disease, clogged arteries, isn't total cholesterol as much as it is the ratio of LDL to HDL. We want LDL to be lower and HDL to be higher. Low-fat diets tend to decrease HDL because you're not getting in that cholesterol your body needs to clear out 
or you're not being able to produce the lipoproteins that clear out the cholesterol. You don't want that. So will a low-fat diet decrease total cholesterol? Oftentimes it will, not always, but often. The challenge is it's not doing it in the way that actually improves arterial health. And when we don't understand these nuances and we just think, oh, total cholesterol going down is good, that is not the case. Total cholesterol going down, but impairing your ratio of LDL to HDL because you're lowering HDL, that's bad. That's actually worse for your risk factor, okay? Lower carb diets tend to increase HDL and decrease LDL when, so I'm going to say that again, lower carb, higher fat diets tend to increase the good lipoprotein, HDL, decrease the bad. So not only do they lower total cholesterol, although it is completely reasonable for total cholesterol to stay the same if HDL is going up and LDL is going down, but your ratio improves, But that happens not because of a higher fat diet, but the combination of higher fat with lower carb because sugar is pro-inflammatory and so it is going to increase the need for that repair done by cholesterol, which I talk about in another episode. All right. When we look at the kind of lipid panel that most doctors order, They're ordering a standard panel, total cholesterol, triglycerides, LDL, and HDL, which is helpful in that we want to know what that ratio is of LDL to HDL. We want our LDL going down, our HDL going up, regardless of what happens with total cholesterol. We don't need to just panic when total cholesterol is unchanged or goes up. It's really that ratio that we want to improve. But oftentimes, what doctors are not looking at that is a very important factor is, and this is a more advanced panel of blood lipids, is the size, we're not talking about density anymore, we're talking about size, the the size of the LDL particles, okay? Yes, we want the HDL, the high density. But the other consideration when we're talking about LDL is the size of the LDL particles, And in the ketogenic Bible, they give a really great analogy. And you guys know I love analogies. Think about LDL as big and small. And within your body, thinking of your your blood as the ocean, think about large LDL particles as cruise ships and small ones as speedboats. Okay, so your ocean, your blood is the ocean. Large LDL particles are cruise ships. Small ones are speedboats. If, and this is the example from the ketogenic Bible, if, I'll link to that in the show notes too, you can have two people who have the same cholesterol level, but it's totally different in terms of their cardiovascular risk because of the size of the LDL particles. Again, not talking about density here, talking about size. If this is the ocean of your blood, and let's say we're, we're talking about in the, in the example, I think they use 140 as the cholesterol level. One of these people has two large cruise ships, two large LDL particles, each carrying 70 cholesterol passengers. The other person, still 140, but instead of having two large LDL cruise ships, each carrying 70 cholesterol passengers, this other guy has 140 LDL speedboats, each carrying one cholesterol passenger each. The total 
Cholesterol is the same, but the individual with 140 speedboats, each carrying one cholesterol passenger, is going to have way more crashes and way more congestion, way more complication, than the individual, same cholesterol level, but very different arrangement, two cruise ships, 70 cholesterol passengers each. So the LDL particle size is telling us our risk of congestion. The lower the number and the smaller the size when we're talking about LDL, the better. This matters because if your cholesterol level stays the same, but your particle size changes in LDL from smaller to bigger, that's good. If your cholesterol stays the same, but your ratio improves, HDL goes up or LDL goes down or both, that's good. I'm sharing this with you so we don't fall into the trap of, oh my gosh, cholesterol is bad, my cholesterol went up or it didn't go down, and then thinking you're going to die. Many of you are probably thinking, okay, how are lipoproteins different from triglycerides? And that is a great question. So we said lipoproteins are proteins that carry fat, they're carrying cholesterol. Triglycerides are simply fats. The simplest form of fat, the, the smallest part of fat is a fatty acid. A triglyceride is just three fatty acids attached to a glycerol backbone. So these fats, they are efficiently packaged as triglycerides. Grab three fatty acids, smack them onto a glycerol backbone. That is your triglyceride. It is the storage form throughout the body, how they are efficiently moved throughout the body and stored in the body as a triglyceride. People panic because they think, well, if I eat more fat and fat is triglycerides, then that must raise my triglycerides. Just like with uh, cholesterol, it's not that straightforward. A high fat diet can increase triglycerides when carbohydrates are not low. When carbohydrates are low, a high-fat diet is unlikely to raise triglycerides. There is an exception here, at least in the appearance of triglyceride increase, and I'll talk about that in a second. When carbs are low, the opposite tends to be true. When you have a higher-fat diet and carbohydrates are low, we often see triglycerides going down because we are not providing the glycerol backbone for the formation of triglycerides, all right? Another thing important to know here is that one of the things that increases triglycerides the most is a high-carbohydrate diet. The reason for that, and I talk about this in great detail in the carb spillover episode, the reason that a high-carb diet increases triglycerides is because when we consume more carbohydrate than our body can store in the short-term storage, remember there is a very significant limit on how much glucose can be stored in our body. Short-term storage is the liver and the muscle tissue. When that is full, either because of how much we ate or because we don't routinely use the stored glycogen through working out and requiring our body to use that fuel because maybe we're fasted or it's an intense or a long duration workout. Anyway, when we get to this point of carbohydrate spillover, those carbs are then converted into triglycerides through lipogenesis. 
right? That is the storage form for excess carbs. So the biggest way that we increase triglycerides or the biggest reason that we have high triglycerides is not because of fat consumption, but rather from carb consumption because excess carbohydrates are converted to and stored as fat in the form of triglycerides. Definitely check out the carb spillover episode for more on that. I mentioned an exception. The exception with triglycerides is that they can be elevated right after a high-fat meal, which makes a lot of sense because you're metabolizing fat. So as you metabolize the fat you ate, it is going to be circulating in your blood, which is why when we do a lipid panel, we do it fasted. Another sort of caveat or thing to consider there, which speaks to why a lot of the research is misleading, if you are metabolizing fat you ate, it's going to be in your blood, right? That's why we do these things fasted. But what if you are metabolizing stored fat because you're losing weight? Well, that is also going to be circulating in your blood, which is a real limitation of a lot of the research is they're looking at one point in time. So we have this person on this diet and, oh, look, the triglycerides went up. But we aren't saying, okay, well, over time, how did that correlate to their weight loss? Because we're all like, well, yeah, if I just had a high-fat meal, my triglycerides are going to be elevated on testing, so I fasted. But your body in that moment, if you are experiencing weight loss, is metabolizing fat, just not from a meal you ate, but from your hips or your butt or your arms or your belly. So that is a factor as well. And it is so important to understand this because otherwise we're going to really freak out if our doctor says your triglycerides are a little high or your cholesterol is a little high. And it's important to remember, too, that the majority of medical doctors do not go through nutrition training more than a couple of hours. So this is a lot of them not understanding the mechanism of action. They believe the party line, too. High cholesterol, bad. High triglycerides, bad. Without understanding the nuances. When we know better, we can do better and we don't panic as much. All right. We can't look at these things in isolation. Takeaways here. The sugar has got to go. Overeating anything is going to be a problem. Move away from those processed foods, including processed fats, and move towards whole foods while paying attention to your hunger. You don't need to eat when you're not hungry. You want to make sure your body is moving in the right direction. Are you gaining weight? Are you losing weight? Are you staying the same? And we all have different goals. Not everybody is looking to lose weight. But if you pay attention to your body, you're going to see what's going on here. What fats are good fats? I've done episodes on this very, very detailed, so I'm going to link to those and just touch on it very briefly here. Good fats are not processed fats. Good fats are not made in a factory. So we're talking about fats from whole foods. The higher quality the whole food, the better. Avocado, coconut, wild-caught salmon, um, fattier cuts of meat like chicken thighs instead of chicken breasts, but from quality chicken. In nuts, uh, in nuts, in moderation, nuts like macadamias and almonds can be great sources of fat. And I say in moderation because nuts also have some anti-nutrients that can impair nutrient absorption, so in moderation. And then things like grass-fed butter or ghee. Another thing to focus on is EPA and DHA. You can either, those are specific types of omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA you can either get from 
high quality fatty fish like salmon or a supplement. But let me be clear, I'm not talking about an omega-3 supplement or vegetarian forms of uh, omega-3. I'm talking specifically about these two omegas, EPA and DHA. They are unique in their ability to activate a specific enzyme known as lipoprotein lipase that helps to clear out fats from the bloodstream. So EPA and DHA, you can get them specifically in supplement form, not an omega-3 supplement per se, but an EPA and DHA supplement or an omega-3 that is very high in EPA and DHA, or of course from eating high quality fatty fish like salmon. It can be expensive. These fats are not cheap. They're not as cheap as like SpaghettiOs and Triscuits, right? But of course, there's a huge payoff in taking care of your health and avoiding uh, the expenses that come with being unwell. But I will say that there is a, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, this is a tool I use. I'm all about saving money on the foods that I buy because buying quality food is important, but money is also important. I get my ghee, I get my coconut oil, and I get my coconut butter from Thrive Market because, for one very clear reason, it's way cheaper through Thrive Market than any place else I've found it. I used to get it from Amazon because that was convenient for me, but it is significantly cheaper through Thrive Market. So I get ghee, which is butter with the milk fat removed, um, and then it's not as expensive as buying grass-fed butter at the grocery store. So I get my ghee, my coconut oil, and my coconut butter from Thrive Market because it is the cheapest. If you go through the URL thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, you will save an additional 25% on your first order and get free shipping on that first order plus a free 30-day membership. So hopefully this clears up any concern and confusion about cholesterol. I think it's really important and I will talk to you guys soon. Have a really great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.